You know how they say some things are timeless? The interview you're about to hear is exactly that, timeless. And I think it deserves another listen. And if you've never heard this interview before, you're in for a real treat. Please enjoy this interview rewind. I was like, wow, to yeah. reconnect with somebody like that, to really get in somebody's life that I had no business being there. I would never have been there in a thousand years. Our circle, our circles of friendships are totally not going to interconnect, right? Yeah, yeah. Go there and do that. I was like, that was cool. That meant something to me. I yeah. will make a little bit of money on that. But certainly I was there and, and being able to train and talk to my salespeople about the recorded conversation and all that stuff. But there was a human outside there that I was like, I'm helping this guy out. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right, guys, thank you for joining me here on Just Our Real Estate. I appreciate you being here and I'm excited to have you here. Welcome back. It is the end of January and uh, I'm excited to be here and bring a whole new year of wonderful content, great interviews, and in general, just help you take your business to where you want it to be. Um, and to that end, uh, the guest that I have on today is stellar. It, it's probably uh, one of the, my favorite people in the world, a good friend of mine, and someone who has had a tremendous impact on my business. Uh, directly can uh, correlate back success that I've had over the last five years directly to this man. Uh, it is Andy McFarlane. Andy uh, is an investor in Utah. Uh, he's been investing in real estate for over 20 years. He has a wealth of knowledge. He is, like I said, highly successful. Uh, I met him um, it's about five years ago, going on five years ago, when I joined the seven-figure uh, flipping mastermind. And he was the guy in that program that everyone looked to and went to for help and advice and guidance. And like, how do I, how do, I do this real estate thing effectively? How do I uh, grow my business profitably and, and all this? And he was the, the main guy for that. And, and I really do credit him with, uh, with you know, a lot of my success, a, a big chunk of it over the last five years. Uh, good friend of mine too. I've gotten to know him pretty well. Um, uh, like we talk about in this episode, um, we've traveled the world together basically through this mastermind and, and some things that we've been lucky enough to be able to be a part of. Uh, and and I've just uh, I think the world of him and I and I really wanted to have him on to talk about real estate for sure, but business in general, a little bit of life and, and just philosophy behind what it takes to be a successful investor, what it takes to be a successful business person, and a little bit of what it, what it takes to be a successful person in general, right? Just a, the right kind of person um, to lead a company and, and, to just, and uh, to just be an example for those who um, look to him for an example. So uh, I, I'm excited to have him on. Uh, like I said, just, just a wealth of knowledge, super successful, and, and one of the best people, one of the best individuals that I have ever met in my entire life, to be quite honest. So uh, lucky to call him friend, lucky to know him. And without any further ado, I give you Andy McFarlane. All right, Andy, thanks for being on the show, man. I really appreciate you doing this. 
Uh, no problem, buddy. All right. Let's dive into it a little bit here. We talk quite a bit. That This is always the thing. Like I, I invite you to be on and I haven't talked to you in a while. So we end up having a, a fairly long conversation before we can jump on the mic, which people probably would find super interesting, but it's some of it's just personal private stuff. But, um, but I just really want to have a conversation. You've been on the show before. A lot of people know who you are who are listening to this. Some people don't. That's why I kind of kind of set you up a little bit before we jumped on here. Um, but let's talk a little bit about when I when I met you. Um, I, I think at that point, I, I don't know how many employees you had or what how, exactly how your how big your business was, but you you were several years ahead of me, and you were kind of where I wanted to be. And when we chatted, and you helped me understand what you did to to go from that like one man band and maybe just a few employees in your in your business to um to where you were and I think you were doing two or three million dollars at the time whatever but um you you kind of gave me that blueprint and it and it helped take me from where I was and showed me kind of the path right which is really the goal of of you know someone like you and, and when I came in and met you you were kind of a mentor in this in in the seven figure flipping group and uh and you had a really great business. You had a you had a guy, a COO, somebody who was kind of running operations for you. Um, and and the it, the industry's changed, the markets changed um, for me, for you, for everybody. And we've had to, you know, a lot of our conversations revolve around how that change affects business, how it affects, you know, the way that we have to manage and lead people. So I'd really like to hear, like, you know, four or five years ago when we met like this thriving wholesaling business and you still have that obviously um, but but what's changed what have you learned maybe in a in a high level kind of a nutshell in the last four or five years since we met like fundamentally I know your business has changed um, but what are some of those things that you've seen happen over the last few years and uh, how has it affected your business oh wow well first of all uh, for those of you listening, like Mike said, that we've been we've known each other for a number of years now. It's weird how the, the years slip by. I know. But I will, maybe you can comment on this too. But like what you thought, this would be interesting. What you thought I was five or six years ago, but now we've become such good friends and we've traveled around the world really together. We were in Africa together last year. Just all over. We've been all over the place together in the last four or five years. What what you think it is now, right? And I <laughs> and I hope what you would say is, and you can answer this, but like. I'm normal. I'm really, I'm truly not any different than anybody else. Like I'm just a normal guy. That's like nothing fancy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen, you hate accolades and you hate when people talk really highly of you. I know it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. You are a normal guy. I, I will say when I, before I met you, I actually interviewed you on this podcast before I knew you knew you. I just knew you through Justin and you agreed to be on the podcast and you were super cool and super nice. But I had I had seen some things from you online that you did, um, some stuff that you put out about real estate and things, and I was like, "Wow, this guy is a absolute giant! Like he's a monster." And I don't know, I, I can't, I don't know if he'd ever really talk to me. Like if I would ever be able to have a conversation, I'm he's so far ahead of me, and I'm probably would be a waste of his time to talk to me. That kind of stuff is like obviously ridiculous and I've gotten to know you and we are good friends and you're not that not that I thought you were a bad guy I just thought you're just too big for me like I, I don't I don't I don't have anything to add to your world so why would you really want to spend time that's not true obviously you're a normal guy that way um, m more than normal you're extraordinary in my opinion you're you're a good person and it, I always tell people like the highest compliment I can give someone is that they're a good person. So you're a good business guy. You, you create a business that is great. But I, I like talking to you. I like being around you. And as you get older, and I'm sure you know this, Andy, you've, you're experiencing this as you get a little older, 
like I just don't get psyched about being around people that I don't like being around. Like I feel like oh, this is precious time and I don't want to spend it in this environment where I don't feel like these people are just good for me, like good for the world or <laughs> I don't know, just not good people. You're good people. And there's a lot of, you know, folks that I've met in the last few years that are really good people. And, um, but as far as like, yeah, are you this like guy who runs this business and he's perfect and everything? No, I mean, you're, you're a guy, you have your problems and, and issues and, and, and personal things and in your life that affect your bit, like it all, it, we're all just people, man. It, even the, you know, the guys that people put on pedestals and maybe you see online or whatever talking about things and man, trust me, they have to let people go. Like they struggle, their leads don't like their lead flow is crap. Sometimes, um, they have people that lie to them and it's uncomfortable and you gotta let them go or, you know, things just deals go south and they lose money. Like it, it, it happens to everybody. It's just very few people talk about it. And once you get to know somebody, you realize, like you just said, kind of going back to your original point. Yeah, like, wow, crap happens to you too. And your your business, although it may look incredible to people, it, it's not perfect. Nobody's is. I don't, I've not met anybody yet who has a business that runs like clockwork and never has issues. It just doesn't exist, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's what that's what's changed. I did kind of. I probably put you on a pedestal then for different reasons, for probably the wrong reasons, because I just thought you're just this business giant, and I, you know, but now. I, I honestly, I probably still put you in a pedestal, but it's more like as a person, which I don't know. For me, that's that's even more important. But um, yeah, I'm just happy work. I'm, I'm happy I've gotten to know you um, because things have like evolved and we've kind of grown together. Like our businesses are different. You're doing different stuff, but um, but just having like shared some of these you know challenges that we that we share with each other about what's going on. It's that's that's what it's about, man. So I don't know if I answered your question. I feel like I'm talking more than I should be right now, but I'm, I don't know what to do with my hands. I, I don't know. They're just, I'm talking like crazy. Well, we can talk about that. We can talk about that because that's a, that's a recent strategy I've had to re-employ in my business. No, I mean, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we, we have probably spent too much time on this. People are like, who are these guys? They're just too friendly. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, I, no, I appreciate the kind words. And, and for those of you listening, you guys have been listening to Mike. Mike is every bit as genuine as he is. He's a good guy. Solid guy. Good, good human being, right? Um, your question you're asking me about, I guess, how things have changed over the years or what, what I've noticed, what I've learned, what's the, yeah, let's just say what, what, uh, if I, let me rephrase it. What, what has your, how has your business changed and what have you learned from having been in business for the last five years, right? You were in business for several years before I met you and you got to a point like, what's the wisdom (laughs) that's a heavy way of putting it. What, what kind of things, what lessons have you learned over the last four or five years in business? It doesn't get easier. <laughs> that's, a, that's sad to say. It's easy to look on the outside looking in. Everybody assumes the grass is greener. That's cliche, right? Yeah. But, but it's really not like every month. I mean, in the wholesale business anyway, we have to reinvent ourselves. We have to get, we have to start at zero every month with the deals and go from there. Um, so what have I learned over the years? It's like the people matter the people matter all the people matter in all aspects of the business. Like your business is your people. Yeah. Your business is your people really. So I love the Zig Ziglar quote where he says, help enough other people get what they want and you'll get what you want. I, I feel like, and not, not to don't do that because you want to get what you want from people. But if you genuinely just say, Hey, how can I help this person and seek first to serve that person? You can, you'll typically get what you want out of, out of that relationship. Right. So it's very true with your employee, I don't even like to call them employees, team members, people you work with, it's very true with them 
And that has been like the evolution of my business really is it's the people we work with. And I look at this and say, there's people, there's people that are not working with me. A lot of people have come and gone, but I consider like every single one of those people has come and gone a friend of mine. And it's been awesome that they were in my life for a time and they had an impact and we can still be friends. And it was not, they were not a unit of production for me. There was somebody that, uh, it was there in my life and I'm grateful that they were. And maybe there's something for those of you that are trying to build a business or like life, right? Like treat people like you want to be treated that golden rule, help other people get what they want. And you'll, you'll ultimately get what you want. And what I want most is those. I want to have an impact on people's lives, not a thousand people's lives. I want to have an impact on one person's life one at a time. But if that happens a thousand times, great. Right. Right. Well, the thing too, that, that I'm sure you've seen it, you have an impact on one person's life and your impact and what you shared with them or the way you impacted them sometimes gets paid forward and then they impact other people. So yeah, you may impact a finite amount of people in your life, but it's so exponential because I know personally that people who know you who are doing things for people, giving advice, sharing their time, their energy and their passion because you did with them. Right. So it's like, it's reciprocal. It keeps kind of just kind of snowballing. So that that's very true. And I think a lot of times people, when they, I I know you get this, I get it. A lot of people get it. Who've just been in the business a long time. Like, what is it? What's the most important thing for me in my business? What do I need to know? I kind of just asked you this, right. And you didn't say, um, you know, you need to build a buyer's list or you need to, you know, find, you know, you need to talk to, you know, 10 no's to get to your yes. Like, it's not these these tactical business things. It's like find good people, treat them well, put time into them, like pour your time and energy and knowledge into them and cultivate that and treat them like a, a valued member of your life. And and that's really the key. That's how that's how successful businesses a lot of times grow. It's not like these all these tactics. Everyone's looking for the tactic. And it's like it's it's the people. It's the way you treat people. It's the way you conduct yourself. It's, you know, it, it's all those kind of things. And that's not what a lot of times people are looking for, especially early on. They're looking for like strategies, like give me the secret, you know, but, but I don't think that's it's what the, you really see. It's the ultimate overall strategy. And this is what people don't get. They want those tactics. Uh, there's a book called how to win friends and influence people. You've heard of it, right? Everybody's yep. heard of that. Yep. There's a book called the seven habits of highly effective people, right? The difference between those two books, if you read them, and they're both great books. How to win friends and influence people is going to tell you these tactics. They're going to say, remember somebody's name. They're going to say, talk about what they want to talk about. They're going to say, um, give compliments. They're going to give a lot of stuff. And all that stuff is true. And you should do those things. But this, the seven habits of highly effective people will talk to you overall about where your center is. So if I'm a person that's overall centered on somebody else, that I truly care about you, Mike, as a person, if I truly care about you and come at it with that overall attitude, not fake, I truly want to go and care about you and serve you to the best of my ability, right? And that's important to me. I am going to look at you. I am going to talk to you with respect. I am going to give you sincere compliments. I'm going to remember your name, and I'm certainly going to talk about what you want to talk about, right? Yeah. But that's the difference there, right? You can remember all, try to remember all the tactics, or you can just say, hey, I don't know all the tactics, but overall, I know that I really care about this person. And if you do that with your team members, they can feel it. And even if you mess up a few things and I'm an all a little bit, they're going to say, okay, that's okay. I know who he is. I know where his heart's at. And I'm going to do the best I possibly can for him. And people all screw up. That's okay. And even with us, and we're, we're talking about this real estate, right? This is general life advice. But in real mm-hmm. estate, a lot of times nowadays, people are working with private sellers. And that's always the approach I had with private sellers too. I come into it and I'll say this thing. I'll say, I want to go and make a friend. And if I get a contract, great. 
I go into yeah. there with that attitude. And if I can go with that attitude, I'm going to remember their names. I'm going to talk about what they want to talk about. I'm going to get down to what it is that they need. And if I can serve them, great. And if not, that's fine too. And they sense that. And there's like, there's no pressure there, but they, they, they want me to, you know, they want to do business with me, right? It's just that overall attitude. And so it's a, back to the Zig Ziglar. If you help enough other people get what they want, you'll get what you want. Right? Yep. And uh, I mean, that's, that translates to anything in life, right? But I would also say that like, you'll feel better. We all feel better when we serve people. Yep. When you're outside of yourself and focused on other people, like we feel the best at that time, yet we're all naturally selfish. <laughs> we want what we want and we forget that. We're like, I want to be happy, dang it. Yeah. I'm by myself on an island. I don't want to serve anybody. And then we're like, not <laughs> happy by ourselves on an island. Yep. There's no one to serve. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, you're right. It, it's so it's so true. And I think, you know, you were talking about, you know, serving people, help them get what they want. That really is kind of what we're doing in real estate. And the problem is, man, I think in the beginning, people are so freaked out about like getting a deal that they go in there with that energy and and they struggle and they don't know why. And it's like, I must not have enough sales techniques. I'm not mirroring. I'm not pacing. I'm like, you know, all these things are trying to come up with these strategies to be like this shark salesperson. When, I, I, you know, I'm not a good salesperson, but I will say when I when I started my business, I was just by myself. I, I had, you know, like a lot of us, I had no choice but to be a salesperson at times. And it, it wasn't my strong suit. I had to really like psych myself up. But the only, th I always tell people jokingly, I had no sales skills. The only thing I had was just try to listen, to, to care, to, sh to really empathize with what they were going through and really just be a real good, genuine person who tries to do something good for them. Like that's all I had, right? But I think at the end of the day, if you don't have that and you're just cramming sales techniques and pulling things out of your, your tool belt to try to use on them to, to get the sale, I think it's why people struggle. They forget to just like calm down, settle down, listen to some, listen to what they're saying, talk about what they want to talk about. Let's, let's, let's take this in a direction where you feel like you're really hearing what they say and you're not like going, uh-huh. And you're kind of looking around and you're adding up the cost of renovation while they're talking and they can see you're not really engaged with them. Like just, just like being a good person and trying to, trying to be helpful to them while you're in their house. That's all I had. I jokingly say like, cause I, you know, a lot of times we go into houses of folks that are a little older and I always say, I really just try to be like the grandson they always wanted. Like that's my, that's my strategy. Like I just try to be that like perfect like grandson that they like being around that they enjoy who will listen to them talk and you know that's all i had but that's i think that's sometimes the, the key is to be that good person that they that they need to talk to yeah i, I think with with a little bit of technique sprinkled on top of that yep that's really all that you need to know people go and screw it up when they know too much about the houses and the values and stuff they'll start talking too much and screw up the thing where it's like you didn't bother listening yep I've relearned that recently. Um, I went and I jumped back in and been helping with my sales team and stuff and jumping in and being vulnerable and trying to lead by example of things I'm asking them to do. And when it comes down to it, I've relearned some of those things. And as I listen to their conversations and stuff, I go, guys, it's, it's pretty simple. This is what you need to do. And I've had reps that have been with me for over three years and they're like, dang it. Dang it. I forgot that. How did I forget that? You know, because yep. they got so knowledgeable for the last three years. They know how to pull up all the comps, they know what all the repairs are going to cost. And they go start telling people, telling, telling, hey, Mike, let me tell you what your house is worth. Let me tell you what this is going to cost to fix it. Let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about that. Yeah. And they start telling people. And I know that's not what we're trying to talk about here, the sales conversation, but um, I think it's true. It translates on everything. Because let's be honest here, but everything is sales. We're yep. always trying to influence people, right? So you're always selling somebody. So it's 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 the key thing there is, is listening to somebody and trying to help them get what they want. So 
Yep. It's, it's so true. And I know like one of the things I, I asking you some of the wisdom and things that you've learned, one of the things that surprised me that I didn't really think was going to happen. We didn't talk about it when I first met you and you were trying to kind of tell me how you, you had gotten in it to a certain point. And it, you didn't tell me, you didn't tell me cause you, cause you were holding it back. It's just, I think we both learned this over the last several years that it's the, you know, you you don't always hold on to everybody. Not not everybody on your team who who you hire in the beginning uh, are going to be there for the long haul for several reasons. Sometimes it's just better for them not to be there. Sometimes it's better for you that they're not there. Sometimes it's mutual. Sometimes it's not. But I really was surprised at at at, at some of those um, eh, turnovers. A kind of a, a, a kind of a word that feels like you don't care, but. It's. I was really surprised. I kind of thought the people I first hired, like, this is my team. Like, we're going to get to where I want to go together and we're always going to be together. And it's just, it's not that way. Change is completely uh, normal and it's it's kind of necessary a lot of times. I mean, change is, you know, to grow and, to, and for your business to be strong and successful. Sometimes you have to change and sometimes you don't like it as the owner. You know, there's somebody who you just think is great and they decide it's, it's time for them to go for whatever reason. And sometimes they don't decide it's time to go and you have to make that decision, which sort of stinks. And I know you've gone through it. I've gone through it. Everybody who has a business for any length of time goes through it. But that was surprising to me. I, I didn't realize, <laughs> I guess I just thought everybody's going to be as excited as I am about this and they're going to be as engaged and, and psyched about watching this thing move forward as I am, but it just ne- isn't necessarily the case. Some people are, some people are there for the long haul, but not everybody. Yeah, not everybody. And that's, that's definitely true of us too. Definitely true of us too. And I view the people that have come in, uh, some of them come in and then they've come out, but they were there for a place in time. That was the right time for them to be there and, and leave. But uh, I'm grateful for that interaction. I'm grateful for that time we had together, but it doesn't necessarily, it's bad if we're like, if people yeah. are worried that they come in, like, I don't want to ever lose these people. I, like it was a good place and time for certain people. And then it's, then it's not anymore. And when it's not, you can remember that time say it was good during that time. And we got yep. the relationship and do all this stuff. But other than that, it's like, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But yeah, my team looks different. You know, you met my team four years ago, five years ago. And yep. a lot of them are different now. So, yep. It's true. And I, and you can't really fight that. It's going to happen. Um, now you mentioned, we talked about a little bit before we hopped on here and you mentioned it just now a second ago that you're out there. Um, and you've, you had, you've been very successful for a long time and you've had a team of sales guys and you have a, like I said, you have an operations COO guy, but because you were noticing some things, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think this is the case. You noticed some things and you were trying to get some things done and, and it wasn't happening the way that maybe you expected it or that you were wanting it to. So you decided, I'm going to go out there and, and lead by example. I'm going to go out there and be a leader of, of my organization and actually get down in, in the trenches and, and do this stuff. You, you did this before too. When you were a one-man band, obviously, you were out there making sales and things. Anything changed in the last five or six years since you were out there full time? Like what's, what's different now than, than it was then? Dude, that is a phenomenal question. And a lot of stuff is different. Surprisingly, a lot of stuff is different. So to give people some context for that, I probably had a team for six and a half years, seven years, maybe. So I've been doing real estate for almost 20 years now. And I've worked with private sellers the majority of that time. So hundreds of sellers homes I've been in, but the majority of that time was when I had no team, yeah. no team, no CRM, uh, I was doing everything right. So, right. but now we've got like, it's more complex, right? So it's like, we've got this big assembly line built now. It's just like, Hey, the sales guy's like, you do this one thing. You don't do dispositions. You don't send out the mailers. You don't answer the phone calls. You go do this one thing. Right? right. So I was asking my team to do those type of things. And I'm the quarterback that used to be able to throw the ball a quarter mile, you know, and it's just the best, but they, they kind of like nodded and smiled because I'm the owner, I'm the boss, whatever. And they like right. me. This, I was just like, I knew kind of, they was like, whatever. 
Like you've never, you haven't thrown the ball in a long time, buddy. Yeah. Like, don't tell me how to do this. Stop the money morning quarterback. Thing, we buddy. don't wear, we don't wear leather helmets anymore, man. Come yeah, on. Exactly. Right. Like <laughs> Marty's not the best anymore, buddy. Exactly. Like, yeah. And it's <laughs> so, so, um, and I was asking him to do things, right. I was asking him to do stuff like from a sales perspective that I never had to do. And, but I said, this is the way you do it. Like if, you know, here's the behaviors and techniques that are conducive to a good sales rep. So I lay it all out for them and they, they wouldn't do it. And I lay it out for them. They wouldn't do it. And I'm like, why won't they do this? And I realized why is because they don't believe it. I wasn't leading by example. So I said, yeah. you know what? I'm going to do this for a variety of different reasons. I'm going to jump in and do this. And I have, have done it for the last 90 days. It's been eye opening. So you ask if things changed. Absolutely. Like the market that primarily I'm in, which is Utah, it's changed a lot. Um, since I was personally doing meeting with sellers in seven years a lot. It's a very different market than it was back then. Uber competitive. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just crazy, right? Everyone's meeting with tons of people and stuff. So it's super competitive. Uh, and then, of course, the CRM and all the stuff that we've got. It's like I'm asking them to do things that, that frankly, I never had to do because they just weren't there, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm asking them to record phone calls, record conversations, which is an awkward thing for people, right? Like even if you're a good sales rep, you don't want to be recorded. Why? Because I think, I think the reason why is you don't want to be nitpicked. Yep. You don't be nitpicked and Monday morning quarterbacked by somebody that you're like, I don't know that you could do it any better, right? Don't don't tell me how to do it. Yeah. So I've jumped in and done that, given me a ton of insights since then. It's been awesome for business. It's been awesome for my insights into what my sales team is going through, the good, bad, and the ugly. And frankly, it's been really good for me, Mike, to just I'm going to talk about this. We're going on a cruise next week yep. and I'm going to talk about this with some of our members and stuff in depth. I'm going to go over in depth these behaviors and techniques that I've I've determined like, man, this is this was what actually really matters. Um, but to connect with sellers again, I was missing that. Like I've got some stories and I'll probably show some pictures on the cruise. I, I don't know what else I'm gonna throw in my presentation visually. <laughs> I've got some stories, right? Behaviors and techniques. Like what are you going to throw on there? Right. Yeah. I've got, I've been taking <clears throat> pictures and stuff with some of these sellers and man, I've forgotten what it's like, that human element. Yeah. I've forgotten. I'll give you one story. Um, met with a guy you've seen, like, you've probably seen pictures on postcards of like, you Google a picture of like person in despair or whatever. You'll throw this picture on a postcard of the guy with his head in his hands like yeah. that. Just like yeah. totally dejected. Yeah. Mike, I was sitting in a guy's living room. He and his wife, they are in a horrible situation, which I'll explain in a second. But I saw him head in his hands like that. No joke. He was not faking it. And the situation was this. He's home. It's like a Wednesday morning at like 11 a.m. He's home. His wife's home. His kids are all home and they're young. The kids that should be in school. Okay. And I'm like, what's going on here? Um, he's six months behind on his mortgage. They've got a foreclosure date coming. He has zero money. Both of his cars got repoed the day before. <sighs> Why are his kids there? Because his wife can't drive him to school. Why is he home? Because he can't go to his work because he has no car. And he's wow. there absolutely desperate. I'm going to sit there and talk to this guy, connect with him. Um, tears. And this is like people think, oh, whatever. Try You're going to go take advantage of this guy. And I'm sitting there going like, I was putting this guy's life and living room for a reason, especially since I haven't been in people's homes in years. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I'm going to help this guy out. So to be able to listen to him, understand his situation, and to be able to work something out that was very fair for him so he could stay there, so he could clean up his credit, so that he could get his car back. Um, I mean, he went from utter despair. I've got a picture of him like that, the utter despair. I mean, I snapped a picture because I was like, I can't believe this right now. Yeah. And then he called the bank and they basically said, you're not getting your car back. One of his cars. And he was just like, he was sunk. He didn't know what to do. To see that, to be after I spent four or five hours with them doing the stuff I needed to do, and because I because I own the company, I can go do whatever I want. I was able to do things. Yeah, um, yeah. I was. I mean, got his car out of repo. Um, told him that I was. I mean, I listened to his whole situation. I got him where he needed to be. He's staying in the home and working all these things out. So I was able to do that. So that human element. And that's a deal. We're not going to make a ton of money. We'll make money. But I was like, wow, to yeah. reconnect with somebody like that, 
to be able to get in somebody's life that I had no business being there. I would never have been there in a thousand years. Our circle, our circles of friendships are totally not going to interconnect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go there and do that. I was like, that was cool. That meant something to me. I will make a little bit of money on that. Certainly I was there and, and being able to train and talk to my salespeople about the recorded conversation and all that stuff. There was a human outside there that I was like, I'm helping this guy out. No real estate agent, no other person, no other investor could do probably what I did from that day because I'm the owner with the checkbook and I went and got his car at impound that day. Wow. Like, no, who else can do that, right? And I know people are always thinking, some people think investors take advantage of people and some think all investors think that they, oh, they, I could do what he could do. And like, yeah. none of my reps could do what I did for that guy that day. So yep. I was grateful to go there and be able to connect with him. And then a few days later, I took he and his wife and kids out to dinner with my, with my family and it's close to Christmas time. And we, we just, you know, we, we took care of things. That's nice. I'm just like, that was cool. Yeah. That was cool. That's the stuff that's not going to show up on any sort of podcast, except for this right now, right? But that's not going to show up anywhere, right? I mean, listen, that's, that's so cool. uh, honestly, when we, before we hopped on, you were like, what are we going to talk about? What do you want to do? What do you, what do you need? I'll, I'm here for you. And this is, this is the conversation I want to have, right? Like, <clears throat> you're right. This isn't, this isn't going to show up on a, on a, on a KPI sheet. It's not going to show up on a metric. Like, but, but I, I will say this, if, if you just indulge me for a second, this is, this is what I meant when I said you're the kind of person I want to spend my time with. Like, you know, I would, I would hope and pray that someone in that scenario, that you're the person who walks in their house next, not anybody else, right? They're, they're blessed and lucky that you were the one who walked in that house that day, mm-hmm. clearly, because, you know, other people might have saw it and said, there's nothing here. This guy is screwed. I need to go to my next appointment. Like, I'm spending 15 minutes. I'm not going to, I'll give him a, I'll give him an offer and I'm out because I, I can't do anything with this guy. He's a mess, you know? Um, but that's, you know, <laughs> yeah, I guess if, if all you're looking at is KPIs, you know, but that's just not, that's not the kind of folks that ultimately succeed. And I think people who can just slow down, tap the brakes and say, like you said, you didn't say I'm not making money on this. So you didn't say this is, you know, it was a complete charity job. You're gonna make a little bit of money. But the, but the end of the day is you got his thing on it. You got his car out of uh, um, impound. Uh, he's, he's, he's better off that you were there and there's no taking advantage, right? If, you know, I, we all have scenarios. If you've been doing this long enough, you had a scenario. I've had it. You've had it. You just had it. That you go into a home or you you put you're in it, you find yourself in a situation where you have a choice. I can take advantage of this person because they don't have they either don't know better or they're just so screwed that you could do whatever you want. Or I try to help them do the right thing. Maybe, you know, I'm gonna I'm I'm also gonna benefit a little bit, but not nearly what I could if I was a if I was a complete shark. So I've had those two. And you know, at the end of the day, I just want to be able to get up and look at myself in the mirror and not like, you know, not just roll my eyes or just like groan because I don't like what I see. Like I, I would rather wake up the next day and feel like you did than go, I made an extra I I, I somehow tacked another twenty thousand dollars onto the profit because I could, you know, and, and he was sort of there at my mercy. So that's the kind of like that treating other people, right. Treating your, like, imagine if you did that for a stranger, like the way that you view the people that work with you, work for you, that help you provide a living for your family and that you help them provide a living for their family. Like that's what it's about. Like that's how you build a company. That's how you build a strong company. That's how you become a person that your kids can be proud of. Like all that stuff that I know is important to you. It's important to me. I've talked about it on other podcasts. I had Terry on here and he was t- 
talking Terry Berger and he was talking about some stuff. And I, I said some similar stuff like Terry's a good guy. Like he's, he wants to be, he wants to be a person that his family is proud of, his kids are proud of. And I think, um, you know, too many people get caught up in like, how do I, how do I just blow this thing up and, and make a ton of money off of everybody? Listen, there's deals, you've had deals, I've had deals where I made a lot of money in certain situations. It wasn't taking advantage. It was just, that was the way that deal went down. But, you know, you find yourself where you, there's somebody laying there and you can either pick them up or step on them. You know, that's a choice yeah. that people have to make and, and you pick them up. So, I don't know. Yeah. We're, we're getting deep into that stuff, which is, is it's totally fine. Yeah. Like, it's important to me and I, I like talking to you about this stuff. This is, by the way, guys, you, you're listening to this like right now on the podcast. This is a conversation Andy and I would have completely by herself alone yeah like sitting off to the side somewhere like these are the conversations that we we actually have so that's this is part of the reason why i wanted you on here because i i knew that it would be very easy to go in this direction because this is both how we talk to each other so that's true and i've been i've I've been extremely blessed in my life Uh, financially i mean we can talk about the financial principles right um richest man in babylon uh, rich dad poor dad live on less than you make, invest the difference, Dave Ramsey, all that stuff. Right? Yeah. I live my life a very financially prudent. I do have fun. Um, I live on less than I make. I certainly do. I live by that. And I've been able to make more. I've been able to live on more. But um, uh, I don't, I'm in a place where I don't have to do this stuff for money. Like, And I know that's not everybody's circumstances. Some people go in there and they've spent their last dime on all their marketing or whatever. They've got to go in there. They've got to take every last dime they can get from stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'm fortunate enough that I really, when you talk about being the don't wanter, Believe me, I'm competitive. When I go in there, I want to help that person. If anybody can help them, I want to help them serve them so that I can, you know, because I feel like I can help them serve them better than anybody else, but I don't have to, right? So um, I do it for a different reason because I do it saying like, I know I've got an answer to a higher power. Like you talk about the treasures on earth, certainly, and those treasures in heaven. And I'm not doing this to get some big heavenly bank account. I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. And I want to become the type of person that is going to do things for the right piece and the right reasons that I'm going to help somebody. And I hope that uh, if you're a person of faith that you, I, I hope that, and, and I know this is true. I know that I'm, people are put into my life. Uh, Heavenly father puts people into my life so that I can specifically serve them because I'm a person that could serve them. Right. Yep. And that's a humbling thing to recognize. And I've recognized that even with sellers, there's a certain sellers like that one I told you about was one of those. And I, I have, I've had these feelings enough over the years that I, I recognize those feelings. I know when I'm put a place, I, I have this certain, my mind and in my heart, like I know it and I get the, I get that feeling, right? Yeah. And I hope that it's not weird for people, but I knew it at that time. And I thought, okay, I'm going to help this guy because I'm supposed to, right? And um, that means more to me than the extra buck yep. because I don't have to have the extra buck, right? Once you've got it, like if you had a pile and I don't have this money, money but if you had like a, a billion dollars, then what? You know, right. are you just going to be the guy that's just the selfish and live on an island, self-indulge yourself to death? For what? You know, yeah. it's hollow. I've never been, a, I've never been a billionaire, but I imagine it's hollow when you're living a selfish existence. I imagine it's pretty hollow. And, yeah, know, I think so too. And I, and I would say, you know, one of the things that I have talked with people about, I don't know if you and I have talked about this specifically, but I don't know if it's a condition or if it's a, if it's a virtue of mine, I really, I really don't know which one it is, but if I, if I make, you know, if I make an extra $10,000 on a deal, I don't get a rush of excitement for that. Or if I lose $10,000 on a deal, I don't get a rush of panic. Like it almost doesn't feel either way for me. So for me to make a little bit more money this year or to take down a big deal, it doesn't give me tons and tons of satisfaction. And that's probably sad. I wish I could enjoy those times a little more. But when I help somebody or when you do something good for somebody, 
I do get a rush from that. I do enjoy when I am able to make a difference in someone's life. So I think a lot of times you're right. That billion dollar exit, like if if somebody if anybody wants to me to have to endure a billion dollar lifestyle, wants me to give me the money, I'll take it. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> you're right. I think if your goal is like, hey, I made a million dollars, now I want to make ten, and then you make ten, and I want to make twenty, like. It, it's it sounds great, obviously, but it's sort of like um, it's like empty calories, right? If, if you yeah. eat like junk food, you know what I mean. It's ca- it's empty calories. It doesn't feel good to you. It might feel good in the in the moment, but then long term, there's no satisfaction from that. And and that's not. Listen, guys, I'm not at all saying don't try to make money or don't try to grow your business. Quite the opposite. I, I think you should because you can do more good that way. Frankly, but I think the good things that you do. <clears throat> building a company that provides income for people who work for you feels better than the deals that you close to make that money. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? I think that, and that's, and that's, that's just a different mindset. I I don't know if everyone feels that way or if that's normal, but I, I, if I do a deal and make $10,000, I don't come home. I've been, there's been times when I've told my wife, I'll just be talking about my day. She'll go, how was your day? Oh, it was fine. You know? And then I'll just kind of like, throw in like, oh, we, we closed this deal today. It was like $50,000. Like, we're going to make in two weeks. And she'll go, oh my gosh, you didn't start with that? Like, that was like, you didn't even seem enthused about that. And I'm like, I, I guess I, I'm, I am, but I'm, I'm not, right? But <clears throat> helping someone or just even like a meaningful conversation with someone who works with you, like a, a good interaction where you have this great conversation, that a lot of times will come up first. Like that'll be one of the first things I say. So it's just, it is interesting when you get to a point, like like you said, I don't know, <clears throat> you said, I don't, it's not, I don't need to make more money necessarily, or I don't need to, the money isn't what I'm like, isn't what you need right now. It's not like critical that you like, you're, you're struggling to pay your bill. So you need to get this deal closed. But I think just having that mindset of like, just helping people is more important because you kind of go back to the, the beginning of this conversation. You, you will, it will, you, it will find you like you will be fine if you just keep figuring out how to help people. Yeah. We had a, um, we had a company party. We do once a year. We'll do it after Christmas at a company party. So that was, again, every year it's my realization when I go there, um, the employee and their spouse comes and we did this thing and you guys don't care what we did, but it was fun. We hung out together and we all got together. And I just look at that group of people. I think to myself, wow, you know, yeah. wow. I am. And wow, that certainly I can be a blessing in their life, but more so that they're a blessing in my life. We've got this saying uh, in light home buyers is my, is, is the company, right? We rebranded that recently. But our number one objective, and everybody knows this, our number one objective within like home buyers is not what you would think. Our number one objective is to be profitable. We yeah. have to be profitable, right? Sure. I, yeah. I, I mean, I do. I have some financial security, but I can't run something in the red. I'm not the federal government. I can't run in the red forever, right? <laughs> exactly. So I, 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 we have to be profitable. So that's our number one objective. We always want to be profitable. We're driving for that. And why are we trying to drive for that? For our number one priority, our number one priority is in like E-N-L-I-G-H-T. You think, what the heck is that, right? But for me, that is the light that we are to each other and to other sellers, everybody, right? So I am so grateful that our company is profitable so that I can be able to go to a, it's a job that I don't hate with a bunch of people who are awesome, who are having a positive impact on my life. They're positive people and I'm going to have a positive impact on their life. And in turn, we can have a positive impact on sellers' lives. That's the most thing to determine. Like I'm looking at that going like, I don't care. At the end of the year, um, I want us for goals and push and uh, be profitable and hit our metrics and whatever. But at the end of the day, if we're all able to have a positive influence on each other's lives and making us all better people and adding a better light into the world, that is awesome. And it doesn't yeah. matter if I can make a million dollars, you know, gross profit, two million, five million. It doesn't matter to me. Because like, people say, like, why well, don't you want to make more money? I have sufficient for my needs. I truly do. 
I mean, I was I once a year I do a net worth tracker. I don't know if anybody does this exercise. I'm a pretty detail oriented person. I have to put everything in, right? The good, bad, the ugly, uh, bank accounts, uh, houses, what the values are and stuff. And then I put my vehicles and stuff in there. I have a I don't have that many vehicles. I have three, right? I have a truck, a car, and my wife has a car. So the car I drive every day is a 2006 Acura TL with 165,000 miles on it. I was forced because I do this every year to put in what that car is worth. Mike, what is that car worth? Uh, 2006, 15, 20, $2,500. 2,900. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, that was a great guess. That's pretty dang good. But the thing is, it, it doesn't matter, right? Like yeah. I'm not in it to buy, and that's that's the anti-guru, right? the guy that wants to have a Lamborghini or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm exactly. not in it to have any of that stuff, right? I don't need to have flashy cars and those things. What I want to have is a, I want to be a good, I want to be the person that has a positive impact on people's lives, right? And I'm not, I don't run even take that car thing and think it's bragging or whatever, because it's certainly, it's not, it's a good looking car, right? My wife, it's a good looking car. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I, for me, if I, to go spend, I'd rather spend money and I'd rather spend my time, which is my most precious asset to be able to impact somebody else's life, whether it be a seller or a team member or whoever, and have a, have like a positive interaction where they're blessing my life and I'm blessing theirs than to go beat myself up to go pay for a, a Bugatti or whatever it is, right? Like, right. it's just it's no importance, right? <clears throat> totally. No, it's fine. And I, and I just want to say again, be, if, you're, if you're listening to this, like, wait, wait, what are these guys saying? Like, just be a good person and I'll be rich or like, I, I don't need to make money. Like, what, what are they getting at? We're not saying that, right? I'm, I'm all about building a business, being successful, being profitable, growing. It's all that. But it's not, it's not mutually exclusive to being a good person and helping people. It's not one or the other. In fact, it's probably when you do them together, it's more powerful. Um, yeah. uh, because it's, you know, it's just, it's just, it, like you said, it's that we, everything, it, it's, it's sales, it's empathy, it's listening, it's helping. And it's, it's not just the homeowner that you go in and talk to like you've been doing recently. It's the person who works for you, like knowing what's happening in their life. Like, what are they, what's, what are they struggling with? What, what's their issues right now? And is there something you can do to help that a little bit? Right. I mean, you pay them, but that, that doesn't have to be where it stops. And when you buy someone's house, it, it, for you specifically, and this, this, um, story you just told us, it didn't just stop with, you know, taking the house off their hands. Like that wasn't everything that you did. They, they, they needed more than that. So, um, I don't know. I, I think, I, Listen, as I get older, it really does mean a lot more to me, like surrounding myself with good people, trying to be a good person, paying attention to what I put out into the world. My kids are older now, so they see what I do. They see how I impact people or not. Um, they see if I make good decisions or bad, right? So it's like you have this audience that you care what the reaction is went to whatever it is you're doing. Um, sometimes I think when people are younger, they just think no one's, no one cares. No one's watching. I'm, you know, whatever. I, no, what do I care? You know? And I'm not saying that people just because they're young think that way, but I, I thought that way more when I was younger, I had a less of a concern of how I impacted people than I do now. Right. Because now I just feel like there's just more. Um, and, and I've seen the more that you help and the more that you really do like, um, try to help people, it does come back. And if you, it's a tricky thing, right? People say, if you help people to come back to you tenfold, great, I'm going to help people because I want to 10x my investment. You know, it's not that, <laughs> it's, it's hard to like get it right and separate it and not go into a situation going, I'm going to make sure I care because then I'll buy their house really cheap. It's, it's a weird thing. Like you have to let go of that and try to just help and just trust that it will come back to you. So, yeah. And, it, and I would say it doesn't necessarily, sometimes it'll come back to you in a tangible, temporal sense. 
but I, I, it comes back to me and I'm not perfect with this. I'm certainly not. I try to go into those situations with all things. And like you said this there, man, I'm self-conscious a little bit. I'm like, I hope I, on a bad day, someone doesn't catch me in something that I say something or do something that I, I'm not proud of that I can't take back because it's recorded or on video or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I hope, I, I hope that I can, well, I know when you go and do the right thing for somebody, it, it always comes back because you can, I mean, if you go to a seller's house and you do everything right for them, they cuss you out and say whatever and you leave their house. I know I can still say like, Hey, I was genuine. I did the best I could for that person. And that reward is its own self right there. Right. Like, yep. I'm okay with that. If I can live with myself and look myself in the, in the, in the mirror, like I'm okay with that. Cause I'm not, uh, it doesn't matter how they react to me, but most of the time they're going to react to you really well, obviously. But yep. if you do the best you can, you're okay. Cause you're really, I mean, if you're those of them that have faith, right. You're not really answering. It's not about how they treat you anyway, is it? No. It's not about how you respond to it. So. Yep. Totally. You can't control how people react to you. I mean, and we get that in this business, obviously there's, I mean, it's rare that we talk to people who aren't in some kind of distress, right? Some sort of personal or financial or just something isn't going right. So you're dealing with someone who's in a kind of a high stress, um, you know, situation that they're not in the best frame of mind and you're trying to talk to them in a reasonable way. And they're sometimes they're beyond reason. Sometimes they're not, they're not in a place where they can hear reasonable suggestions. So it can be stressful. It can be tough. You know, I'm not perfect by far. And people who have known me for years will can attest that I don't always react the best way, but you try, right. And you, you try and, and that's, that's all you can do. You can only control how you react to people. So. I had another interesting experience and I'm not, you, you, people are probably like, I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> but, I know. Um, I know. This is either going to be the most popular podcast or the one that people turn off not. because they're like, I'm totally good with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, we, we've been doing the real estate thing for a while now. And like, I know a lot of people like that are just coming into the real estate and it seems like they all want to be you know, millionaires. They all want to make a bunch of money. They want to know what that's like. And I mean, I've been financially successful for a little bit. I mean, not like, not like superhuman, right. But I bet I'm okay. Right. I I'm okay. I'm able to save money every year and invest other things. And I'm not super worried. Right. Um, but people like the newer investors that come in, they're like, what's it like? What's it like? Right. What would it be like if I made a hundred thousand a year? What'd be like if I made 500,000 a year? What would it be like if I made a million dollars a year, which is like the mark, right. I'd make a million dollars. It'd be amazing. Yep. And I try to tell people, you know, I had this conversation recently with a guy and I'm like, it's not any different. It's really not like, I, I think I'm, I'm really the same guy I was, 18 years ago. I mean, I'm a little older and wiser, but I think, I hope I'm a little more of what I was 18 years ago. I mean, Tony Robbins says that and other people probably say it too, but I think money amplifies what you already are. So it, it won't change your life. It'll just make you more of what you already are. So yeah. if you're believe if you're, if you're hearing this thinking like, I'm going to be different when I have a million dollars net worth or in my bank account or make a million dollars one year, you won't, you'll just be more of what you already are. That's yeah. the truth. That's the truth. Yep. There's a whole, like you alluded to it earlier, that's like this whole money management or, you know, money talk side of this conversation. But, you know, for some people, the, the real the real trap is you start this in this business or you start a real estate investing company because you're like, I want to make a million dollars, right? I want to net a million dollars even better. Yeah. And sometimes what happens is you, your life expands like a, like a goldfish in a bowl, right? Like, you were somehow managing to live on $50,000 a year and you start this business and, and hopefully you do really, really well and you make more money. And what happens, I think, and this is a completely different topic that we could go off on forever. We don't probably want to do that. But, and, and this is something sometimes I struggle with, to be perfectly honest with you, is you make more money and you, you get more things. 
you buy a bigger house, you buy more cars, you put yourself in a position where now you make $500,000 a year, not 50,000, but it doesn't feel any different. You don't have any more. You don't have any more in the bank. You don't have any more security. You're still stressed out because everything in your life has expanded so that 50,000 or 50, 500,000 feels like 50,000 because it's all the same, right? So the trick isn't necessarily, the hardest part isn't necessarily growing the business to that point. The hardest part is sometimes you reference the book, um, like, uh, uh, I don't, I can't remember the book you said now, but what richest man in Babylon, uh, how to run friends and influence people. Seven habits, highly keep, people. keep going. <laughs> keep, it was keep about man, money management. It was a man. Money management oh, mentioned. total money makeover. There you go. Um, plugging everybody. Aren't we? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Affiliate links down below. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, it, that's the thing, right? It's like, not just, okay. It, it's like athletes, right? Let's just take it out, out of real estate for a minute. You get this, this kid who never had money and then he goes into the pros and he has a million dollars, but he, he's not happy. Like it isn't the money, right? It's not the money. Happy. It's making a different people's life. Like, managing things so that you don't have to be stressed out, right? If you want, most people get into this because they want to have a lot of people, not, I shouldn't say most, but I know a lot of people get into real estate or any business they start because they want more time, more time with their friends, more time with their family, more time with their spouse. And they build this business. And next thing you know, instead of having a million dollar business, which was their goal, now they want a $10 million business and they're spending even more time. And it's like this monster gets created where money is being generated, but it's being spent fast. And the, and because you're trying to always grow and like you're not the whole reason for the job or the whole reason for the the business that you start was so you don't have this job that that takes all your time. I don't know. It, it's it's really it's something that I've learned as I've gone to because as I've grown my business and I've made more money, it's like. How do you stop comparing yourself? And I, I was listening to um, another a podcast. Today. I honestly can't remember who it was, but uh, he was talking about like all of the reasons why people are unhappy. It all boils down to comparison. It, it's always comparison. If you're unhappy in your life, it's because you're probably comparing something to something else and it makes you unhappy. So you make a million dollars and then you meet people who make five million. And then you're unhappy because they make five million, or you 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 decide to lose weight and get in shape, and you get in shape, and then you go somewhere and you see a guy or a girl who's in much better shape than you, and then you feel bad because you've compared yourself, right? It's this whole like terrible thing where people get into this, and and they may look at you and go, oh my gosh, Andy's so successful. When I met you, I was like, if I could just build a business that is is like Andy's, and I'm even close to what he's doing, like that's it. That's all I need, right? And you get to a point and, and then you set your sights even farther. And that's fine because people are, it's change and people want to grow and, and that's all good. But as long as you understand that, you know, never ending comparisons and, and you make more money and you spend more money, like it's this horrible, this horrible, like, wheel that you're on and it and it doesn't really, it doesn't make you feel better, right? But kind of tying this back to the beginning, but helping people, doing the right things, um, creating a business that helps provide income and stability and, and safety for your people who work for you. And like, that's what gives you satisfaction after a while. It's not the extra 10 million or the extra 1 million or the extra hundred thousand or whatever. Like it's, it's the, the, the stuff that like the meat, right? That's, that's the meat of life is just making sure you're, you're trying to do the right thing by people. Yeah, I agree. To bring it back to the seven habits of highly effective people, it's talking about living a principle centered life. What is, what is the center of your life? 
Um, and what are you focused on most? And it's tough, tough to do because we pulled in a million different directions. But if you're living a life of uh, centered on the principles that are important to you, and I would say those principles of caring about other people, the golden rule, if you will, do unto others you'd have them do unto you. We know that's where true happiness lies. Living a life centered on how can I serve other people? Love, really. I mean, it's how can I show love first to those that you're my friends that love me, right? And then that's easy. But then to those that don't, those that are mean to you, like how do you do that? But ultimately you get that true freedom and happiness as you concern to like release and just say, okay, I really want to impact positively everybody, even those people that are not, um, that are not being that way to me, you know? Yep. That's where true happiness, true happiness lies there, right? It's not more money. If your life is centered on more money, it's not, it's not going to be there. <laughs> yeah. And I would say probably if we're like looking at the, the stair steps of like, you know, self discovery, <laughs> being kind to people who are not kind to you is probably one of the toughest ones that anybody has to deal with. Right. It's yeah. very, re- it's very easy to have that reaction where they said that to me screw them. I'm going to say something back or I'm going to do something back. So I'm not perfect. There's no doubt. I I don't want anybody listening to thinking that I am implying that I always make the great decisions with that when it comes to that kind of stuff. But anyway, this is, this is the guy that I I wanted to bring on the podcast because I, I thought, uh, you know, we, we can talk about tactics and how do you grow your buyers list and all this stuff that we talk about and, and, and all the tactics is great. Right. But it's, there's few people in the industry and there's few people in my life that I know, not enough, um, who truly walk the walk and, and talk the talk and walk the walk and treat people right. And, and they do right by people intentionally and for no gain that they're trying to angle or, or create a, a leverage on someone like just good people. And that's it's important. I think people need to hear that because we've sort of alluded to it and Andy's super, super... Um, humble, but he is, you are very successful. You're a very successful business person. You have a very successful business that's highly profitable. Um, we lovingly call you the rabbit in this, in our, in our coaching group or our mastermind, the seven figure flipping group, because people have always been sort of chasing you and trying to emulate what you're doing and learn from you. And, you know, and, and so it's it's really what's impactful if anyone has listened to this podcast this far if you're still listening i'm just telling you you're hearing all this not from a guy who's never done anything or made any money or had a successful business and he's just giving you all this crap and it's like well that's all well and good but i actually want to make money no no andy actually makes money he's he's being super humble about it but he's also this good of a guy so guess what it's not like i said before it's not it's not mutually exclusive. You can be successful. You can make money. You can have things and 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 be profitable and have a profitable business. And but you can do it and do and be be a good person too. And I, man, is that like lost? That's not talked about very often in this business. It just isn't because it's not it's not the sexy stuff that people. It's going to bring another five leads into their business tomorrow. It just isn't right. It's not. A, a, a tactic or a strategy that's just going to drive another sale tomorrow. It won't. But I would suggest that it's not coincidental that a guy like you is successful and makes good money and has a good business and has these folks at work for him and and truly really love him and and all that. It, it's not it's not coincidental, right? It just isn't. So I think this stuff is important. High praise, Mike. I appreciate it. And those of you listening, Mike is that type of a guy too. He is as kind as good as you think he is. He is. Um, 
but I would say I'm not, I'm not perfect too. Everybody says that it's cliche. Yeah, certainly not. I try, I've got, I try to be, try to be better every day, but, uh, I'm happy like overall. I'm, I'm, I'm at peace and I'm happy in my life. Um, and I'm happy. So more money doesn't, I mean, I'm happy, which that is, yep. um, I am, I am happy, which if it was all taken away from me tomorrow, and I hope it's not because I, I can have more of an impact with some time I've got and, and with some resources I have, but if it's all taken away, uh, you know what? I'm happy. Yep. I'm okay. That's awesome. And I know that's entirely true for sure. And you know, that's a, that's an important thing that you kind of said there real fast. It, you know, it's not, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad about wanting to make a lot of money. It's, it's fine. Because honestly, if you have, if you have the right intentions, if you kind of are that person where the, you, you make more money and you, your business grows and you have this, this financial success, it does give you the ability to help people on a, on a bigger level if you want to, whether that's, you know, donating to your church whether that's just supporting a charity, whether that's going out on an appointment and making a decision to do something because you can and it's your company and you have the ability to write that check or do that thing. Like that's how you make impact. A person who's doesn't have those means can still for sure help people, obviously, but it's not a bad thing. It's not like don't you should never feel bad about growing a business and being successful and watching your numbers and being financially smart. Like that's a good thing, right? But it doesn't have to be at the expense of, who you are. So anyways, love it. I hope it, I, I love that. That's a good summary. Good. All right. I will end it there, man. I, I appreciate you taking this, uh, the opportunity to do this at short notice. So it's just the kind of guy he is, but, um, I'm looking forward you alluded to the, um, the trip that we're going on, uh, not just you and I, but the whole, uh, seven figure flipping mastermind. We have a cruise that we're going on and we're leaving. I'm actually leaving on Saturday. We're going to spend the night in the area. Um, just, because I don't want to have to get up super early to get on a plane. So we're going to spend the night the night before and, and get on the boat. But yeah, we're going to have a week together with about, I don't know, 200 investors and cool people and friends and stuff that we've alluded to on this podcast that we're going to see. So that's exciting. I'm excited to see you. Well, and this people always ask this. I'm super excited to see you too. Um, our group, it's awesome because people are hanging out with and everything. It's like friends, it's family. Yeah. So uh, I love hanging out with people like-minded. And it seems like the people that we get attracted to this group are people that these things we talked about resonates with and they're like, hey, yep. I want to make a lot of money. That's great. But I also want to have an impact. I want to be happy. I want to have family time. I want to do that. Like that's who we attract. Uh, I don't know anybody totally. that has a Lamborghini. So if you want a Lamborghini, <laughs> uh, you probably don't want to be in this group. I'll be honest. <laughs> exactly. But so, um, yeah, I mean, people always ask, how can I reach out to you? How can I get talk to you? Really? The people I hang out with is my my family and people close to me in the neighborhood and old friends and yep. you guys yeah <laughs> like, i mean we spend a lot of time together and just we, we're friends so. yeah it's so, so true you want come find us somewhere i know it, it's so true it's so cool being around the folks that we're going to be around because you're right a, a lot of them many of them very very successful at, at what they do in real estate but good people like this conversation would totally happen on at, and different groups and crowds and you talk like we could have this conversation with a lot of people that are going to be on that cruise because just a bunch of good people who are good you know just good people yeah so mike won't plug it but i'll plug it if you if you want to be around uh if this resonates with you i don't know where they can go i mean think of a flip hacking live but i don't i don't even know where they can go i'm sorry <laughs> but come find us come yeah. find what we're doing what we're doing and and if it resonates, come. Yeah, you, you can you can go to uh, fliphackinglive.com. I don't even know. Like Bill's going to kill me when he listens to this. Yeah, you're okay. Um, <laughs> Sevenfigureflipping.com. Reach out to me. I'll get you in touch. Like, listen, 
there's going to be a ton of folks who are who are high level real estate investors and some people who are a little newer and we have this little mastermind and um you know if you want to know more about it just reach out and i'll i i will get you there it's just because Andy and I don't know, always know the URLs, it doesn't mean we can't get you there. I'll get <laughs> yeah. you there. Um, and I, I talk about it uh, on this podcast too. But yeah, it's a great group. Um, you can't beat it. And uh, just good people. Good people who are good at what they do and smart business people and good family people. And you're going to bring your family in the cruise. I'm, I'm bringing my wife. Um, and that's the environment it is. And yeah, it'll be fun. It's going to be a good time. Mike, there's somebody that's listening to this right now that someday I'm going to meet. And that person I'm talking to right now, I'm looking forward to meeting you. Totally. Me too. All right, man. Listen, thanks for doing this again. I know it was a little late notice, um, but um, but you're awesome. I, I just texted Andy today and I was like, hey, man, can I can I get you to hop on the podcast? I'd love to interview you. And you were like, yeah, just tell me what time. And we literally did it the same day. So that's um, I'll end it with that. He's a good dude, good friend, uh, somebody I'm happy to know. Um, all right. I will let you go, Andy. You have a good night and I'll see you in about four or five days. Yeah, we'll see you a bit. All right, man. Bye-bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation, that interview with my very good friend and one of my mentors, Andy McFarlane. Andy is uh, just a class act, stand-up guy, and uh, super successful in his own right. I mean, just really was the first person I ever met and talked to who would open up and, and be honest with me and transparent about what he did in his business to, ach- to achieve the tremendous success he's had uh, as a business owner, as a leader, financially, like he just really was rocking the business that I wanted to have. And I'm I'm just so, so proud to be his friend and so happy to be able to bring him to you guys to share his knowledge, to share his insights with you. Andy's uh, w- about way more than the money, but I, I, I get it. We're building businesses. We're trying to make money. There is nothing wrong with that. And I support that 100% and I'll continue to support that through interviews and and just providing strategies and things in, in future episodes for sure. But I think it's great to have an episode like this where we take a moment to talk about the kind of leader we want to be, the kind of business we want to run, the way we want to treat people, and the way we want to get to the place that we are going. So I was happy to have brought this. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And um, you know, regardless of what you want out of this business, regardless of what you want out of life, there's no way you're going to get it. There's no way you're going to achieve it if you don't get out there and just start. Get out there and just start, guys. All right, we'll talk to you next time.